Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Cool Hand Adventures podcast. I'm your host, Luke Welch, and today's episode, Beethoven is Black-ish, engages in a topic that seems to have gained yet again another tailwind in popularity of discussion over the past while. A lot of it, whether directly or adjacently having to do with all of the hoopla, tension, conduct, and misconduct which has caused necessary changes and adaptations surrounding all things 2020 and its global impact. While giving each and every one of you listeners the benefit of the doubt in knowing who Ludwig van Beethoven is, or at the very least possessing a rudimentary understanding, a German composer-pianist with wild hair from the late 17th and early 18th centuries who wrote epic symphonies, mega-famous piano sonatas, he went deaf partway through his life, yet continued to compose music, which continues to remain popular hundreds of years later. However, the purpose of this discussion isn't to give a biography of the immortally beloved composer. Today's talk takes things to another potentially controversial level. But before we begin, if you're new to this series, I thank you very much for tuning in, and I encourage you to hit the subscribe button and not miss any new episodes. For the returning listeners, I thank you very much for continuing to join me on these adventures. Without further delay, here we go. Ludwig van Beethoven has always seemed to be shrouded in some form of mystery, intrigue, and in some cases, skepticism. In the latter instance, it's primarily in relation to his exceptionally progressive demeanor, which he channeled through his musical output throughout his entire career. His creativity spanned far beyond his years and often remained misunderstood by his contemporaries, to which he infamously responded by saying that his music wasn't intended for his generation, but for years into the future. And boy was he ever on the mark with those sentiments, which is why, still to this day, we, as appreciators of his music, continue to spend countless hours and sometimes even years attempting to decipher and comprehend his musical ingenuity. However, it wasn't very long after his death in 1827 that the first rumblings began to question his heritage and more specifically his ethnicity. There are even some historical recounts that during his lifetime, there were some loose references to his appearance, including being referenced as dark, swarthy, and even as a moor. Of course, a moor in the 18th and 19th centuries referred to a Muslim person of African descent, though in some instances, this reference was merely meant as a contemptuous epithet or insult. Of course, this isn't to suggest that people took pride in diminishing Beethoven, as he was very highly respected during his time. In this instance, it was more specifically related to his allegedly dark skin tone. Ironically, the first printed reference to Beethoven's alleged BIPOC roots was none other than British composer Samuel Coleridge Taylor, who made mention of it exactly 80 years after Beethoven's death in 1907. Coleridge Taylor was himself a very proud black composer. More specifically, a self-identified Anglo-African due to having an African father and a white mother. It was shortly after one of his visits to the United States that he returned home and noted that he shared similar facial features with Ludwig van Beethoven. Add to it, one of the prominent compositional features of Beethoven's music is its rhythmic peculiarities punctuated by progressive and unusual accents. These compositional techniques must have had at least some African origins, right? Hmm. 
Even more notable uptick in the claims of Beethoven is black happened during the 1960s civil rights movement in the United States. Without going too deep into the specifics, the generally articulated sentiment was that European, white culture, is not inherently superior to that of black culture, and Beethoven represented a perfect example of how black individuals could reach even greater heights than their European counterparts. These sentiments continued to crescendo throughout the following decades and reached an almost boiling point of discussion again during the pandemic years surrounding 2020. For me in particular, the notion of Ludwig van Beethoven being black came up after a blog piece I wrote in 2020 resonated around the country here in Canada, as well as internationally in the United States, Europe, and beyond. For those interested in that discussion, I go into more detail in the very first episode of the Cool Hand Adventures podcast, Life as a Black Classical Pianist, though essentially due to the controversy and sensitivity surrounding what I wrote and spoke about, I was invited to speak on a special panel based in Amsterdam, literally entitled Beethoven is Black, hosted by the Geldwink Musik Museum in 2021. There have been countless discussions regarding whether or not Beethoven is Black, and it seems to be that the majority of people who believe it to be true are themselves of similar ethnicity, or feel it's at least necessary to spark discussion on the subject. Essentially, within the community who debate in support of Beethoven's alleged African roots, there seem to be those individuals who make such claims with loose at best scientific evidence and the intention of ruffling feathers. The argument has also been made that Beethoven at one time was close friends with George Bridgetower, a prominent virtuoso black violinist from England whom Beethoven had admired and was friends with. Beethoven had even originally dedicated his famous violin sonata to George Bridgetower, though the piece was eventually rededicated as the Kreutzer Sonata after a falling out between the two icons. Conversely, those who quote-unquote refute these ethnicity claims most often articulate that it is absolutely impossible for the German composer to be black because after tracing his lineage back several hundred years to the 1400s, his ancestry is Flemish making his background Belgian, German, slash purely European. There is no doubt that those from the naysayer camp have done their homework in tracing back Beethoven's family tree, though there is always some gray area between the black and white extremes. From my own understanding of this group, who unequivocally dismiss Beethoven's potentially African blood, it seems as though there is some lack of awareness, or at the very least slight oversight, that black people existed within Europe at that time, as they do to this very day. Please don't accept this argument to mean that someone in Beethoven's family tree, or even Beethoven's mother in particular, went out of wedlock and produced a child whose complete lineage isn't documented accurately. I am merely suggesting that the naysayers haven't exactly compiled irrefutable evidence that blows all other theories to smithereens, at least to my satisfaction. Now, I am no expert and have done no scientific or forensic testing on the legendary composer. However, I have noticed through my relatively young lifetime that the more some people tend to squirm at certain notions, particularly in instances of perceived disadvantages or cultural appropriation or misappropriation depending on which side of the fence you're on, it's the same clutching of pearls and cries of horror when presenting the idea that Jesus of Nazareth was likely not the way he is so prominently depicted in today's Western society. 
not even from a biblical perspective, just purely a geographical one, which likely meant that he didn't have the blonde hair and blue eyes that is so often regurgitated to the masses these days. Ditto goes for Moses, Cleopatra, the Egyptian pharaoh, Othello, the famous Shakespearean protagonist, and so many others over the years through television, film, and all other forms of media. Essentially, what I find most fascinating is the notion of Beethoven even potentially being black seems to resonate as some sort of threat to some people. So now you're probably asking, so what's the actual answer? What's the truth? Was Beethoven black or wasn't he? Or maybe you're asking, does it even matter? Who cares? Isn't the whole discussion preposterous and entirely inappropriate? Who knows? Maybe Part of the reason why Beethoven's father was so, so notoriously abusive towards young Ludwig, of course, in addition to his alcohol abuse, might have been because Ludwig wasn't entirely his own offspring and looked different than him. <laughs> okay, I don't want to further muddy these already murky waters with even further conspiracy theories, so I'll best surmise my opinion by saying that this great composer may be nothing close to an African or black composer, but he's undoubtedly a great one. And as a representative of the black community, I can totally understand why we would claim such a prolific individual to be one of ours. And let's be honest, this community doesn't generally make such claims willy-nilly. I personally would rather focus my time, energy, and attention on enjoying the musical contributions of Ludwig van Beethoven than awkwardly trying to decipher how dark of a skin tone I see in Beethoven's portrait, or how coarse his hair is, or any other trivial means of attempting to build a narrative. I've spent pretty much my entire life learning and performing his pieces, from the time I was in my first piano lessons, right up until my most recent recording of Beethoven's Rondos and Funeral March Piano Sonata. I mean, it basically comes down to the quote-unquote logic that Beethoven was so cool that he must have been black? It's pretty bulletproof logic. <clears throat> though I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable wagering on it. In spite of the overarching theme some of the other episodes seem to depict in this podcast series, I'm not necessarily an advocate for all things being black or African inherited simply by proximity. Part of me truly wants to know the truth, as I'm sure is the case for you as well, though I don't have the intestinal fortitude to make bold declarations as prophetically as Samuel Coleridge Taylor or others mentioned earlier in this discussion. However, I would love to know what your thoughts are on the whole topic. Please feel free to comment or contact me via my social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, or via my website. If there's one definite conclusion I'm willing to make, it's that this conversation does not appear to be over just yet. It would be unfair of me, after spending so much time talking about this incredible composer, to not at least offer a small sample of his wonderful music. Please enjoy the second movement from Ludwig van Beethoven's Funeral March Sonata, Opus 26, performed by me, and available on my most recent album entitled The Return, which is available internationally.
today's cool hand question is a great question that I actually don't often get asked. Where is the most random place you've ever played? Now, I don't get asked this question very often, though someone did ask me this question recently, which made me laugh. Though they weren't officially scheduled performances, it was very exciting to find grand pianos in both the Central Station and Airport in Amsterdam. It's almost impossible for me to see a piano with, without having the nervous energy to immediately run over and start playing. Needless to say, it shocked the Dutch commuters and tourists alike when I unexpectedly saw the piano at Amsterdam Central Station, which surprisingly had the giant words, play me, written on the side, and happily obliged. It was incredibly unusual as people were filming, taking photos, talking, etc., while I hammered through whatever popped into my head, all while keeping an eye on my backpack, of course. Ditto for the Amsterdam Schiphol Airport, where at the departure terminal, there's a grand piano sitting in the middle of the lounge. I felt a bit more guilty that time, since there were people around, and some of them were trying to sleep before their flights and such, so I didn't want to be too, bit, too big of a disruption. Thankfully, nobody complained. I was also excited to find pianos at the Rome Airport in Italy, as well as the St. Pancras International Station in London, England. I just wish North American travel facilities offered these types of street pianos for people to enjoy. Another quite random performance, this one was actually scheduled, was at the Terre Bleu Lavender Forum in Ontario, Canada, where I was collaborating with the National Ballet of Canada. The day itself was incredible and the people who both hosted and attended the event were amazing. Though any time performing outdoors as a pianist always feels a little bit off since it so rarely happens, especially when surrounded by fields of lavender, horses, and everything else. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining today's Cool Hand Adventure. Again, I'm your host, Luke Welch, and I look forward to you joining me again on our next adventure, as always, I encourage you to follow me on Instagram at LukeWelch underscore Pianist, Facebook at LukeWelch Pianist, and checking out my YouTube channel. Please share this episode and series with your friends and family, as well as through social media, and tag me at WS66. That's D-U-B-Y-A-6-6. And follow the Cool Hand Adventures podcast to get notified when new episodes are released. As always, for anyone interested in contacting me directly, you can do so through my website's contact page at lukewelch.ca. Until next time, I wish you all the very best. Stay healthy, happy, and adventurous. <laughs>